Welcome to the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. I'm your host and teacher, Eddie Hyatt. So glad you joined me today as we continue our study of Paul's letter to the Christians in Ephesus. And what a powerful letter. So packed with incredible truths of who we are as believers in Jesus Christ, our new identity in him, and what it means to be joined together with him in faith. Uh, yesterday was such a powerful episode. I hope you will go back, listen to it, listen to all of them. It's a great study of Paul's letter to the Ephesian believers. Today, we want to pick up where we left off yesterday. We had left off, we were talking about identification and how God uh, in the incarnation and at the cross, he became identified with us in our sinful fallen state. But then he made the way that we could be identified with him, identified with Jesus in his glorious resurrection and seated with him in the heavenly places. And so I'm going to begin reading at verse four today. And we had read those at the, the closing part of the chapter. And then we read that, that powerful statement from Martin Luther. But Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy. Aren't we glad that God is rich in mercy? Uh, if someone is rich, they have a whole lot of it. So God has lots of mercy. So never allow the devil to make you think uh, that you have uh, crossed the line. I know that there is such a thing as a as blaspheming the Holy Spirit for which there's not forgiveness. But if you are concerned you have done that, you haven't done it. The person who has committed that sin, uh, their mind has become what the Bible calls reprobate. They have no interest. They have no concern about the things of God. The very fact that you uh, you have a concern is is evidence is a clear sign. No, you're not there. So so embrace the richness of God's mercy. He's got a lot of it. He's rich in it. Run to Him when you fail, when you miss it. Run to Jesus. Run to Him. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love, with which He loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. I won't go through the detail I went through yesterday, but notice he made us alive together. Jesus, as our representative, went to the cross on our behalf, representing us. And so when he came out of the tomb, he came out as our representative representing us. And so when he came out of the tomb, we came out with him. When he defeated Satan, we defeated Satan. It was our victory. Yes, we have to appropriate these things by faith, but everything he accomplished in his redemptive work, he accomplished for us. And they belong to us and are appropriated through repentance and faith. Verse five, even when we're dead in trespasses, trespasses made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He is simply saying 
that everything Jesus did, he did as our representative. And everything that he accomplished, everything that was bought and paid for by his death on the cross, is ours through faith. And he did this, verse 7, that in the ages to come, ages, and ages is a period of time. And Paul here speaks of ages. I mean, this, this could be many thousands and thousands and thousands of years. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Paul indicates here that in ages to come, we are going to be coming into that place. We're going to be growing and learning all this time and seeing more and more of the magnificent greatness and grace of God. It is so magnificent, great. We're going to be seeing more of it Throughout eternity, what an incredible God we serve. I had a quote uh, that I was going to read. Let me just, let me look here and see if I, I have it. There was a, a powerful quote. Here, here it is. This is from a, the late F.F. F. Bruce, a very well-known British New Testament scholar, uh, you know, and, and a devout believer. And commenting on this, he says, in, in, in thus lavishing his mercy on sinners, giving them a share in Christ's risen life and in his salvation, God has a further purpose, namely that they should serve, talking about you and me, should serve as a demonstration of his grace to all succeeding generations. Throughout time and eternity, the church this society of pardoned rebels is designed by God to be the masterpiece of his goodness. Well, you and I are designed by God to be the masterpiece for all of heaven to see the masterpiece of his goodness throughout eternity. What an incredible God we serve. And so, let me go back. Let me, let me pull the scripture here, and let's, let's just keep reading. That in the eight, verse seven, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your kindness toward us. We thank you that you are not a a mean, ruling wicked person, but you are you are the ultimate of good. David speaks of his loving kindness. The Bible speaks of his compassion and mercy. Lord, we're thankful that you are a compassionate, merciful, and kind being. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for that, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The, the 
Greek construction of verse 8 indicates that he's speaking, uh, that which is not of yourselves is the salvation that you have saved. You've been saved, and it's not of yourself. Uh, some would, would think that he's talking about the faith is not of yourself, but if you look at it in the Greek, it seems to be referring to the salvation is not of yourself. The salvation is of the Lord. He is the one that has provided, that has done everything necessary to provide the salvation for the human race. And now we come in faith and trust and we receive what he has already accomplished. For by grace you have been saved. And how are we saved? We're saved through faith. And that salvation is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of work lest anyone should boast. Nobody can ever say, I earned my salvation. Well, that doesn't mean that we are not to live holy and to seek and aspire to holy lives. But let me put it like this. I think I heard someone, I think Gordon Fee said this. Obe Paul does not consider obedience to God to be a work of the law. Say that again. Paul does not consider obedience to God to be a work of the law. And no, we are we are not saved by works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. The good works of a Christian are the fruit of their salvation, not the cause of their salvation. I'll say that again. Good works are the fruit of our salvation, not the cause of our salvation. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. God prepared beforehand the work, the good work, the assignments that he has for you and I to do. So may we live close to him Keep our ears attuned to him that we may carry out those works that, as here's how Paul said it, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hey, I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. So glad you're joining me for this series on Ephesians. Check out my website, eddiehyatt.com, E-D-D-I-E-H-Y-A-T-T.com. Uh, check out my wife's, Susan's, uh, her Facebook page called God's Word to Women. Go to uh, Facebook, look up God's Word to Women. She consi considers it her classroom. There's lots of uh, interaction there, lots of great teachings that are posted there, and uh, it will be a great blessing to you. And I'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.